Today's video is all about the five top tools that I recommend to manage your money better. So let's jump in. Hi, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox Podcast. Yes, that's right. We're going through this exciting question, which is what are my five top tools to recommend how to manage your money better. So before I go on, I want to shout out to Scott for asking this question. I think it's a great question. It really made me think some of these tools I've been using for a while and I've been taken for granted. And it's only till I went through this exercise that I realized how much of an impact it has in my life and a lot of the people that I coach. So first one, money dashboard. So this is an online tool and it's pretty revolutionary to be honest. It's not that old and there's a lot of tools already out there in the US but not many in the UK are able to do it. In fact, Money Dashboard is really, in my mind, the only one that's been able to successfully do it here in the UK. And what is it? Well, what it does is it, it enables you to compile all of your financial data from many different sources in one place. Oh, thank you, Money Dashboard. <laughs> you know, all those bank accounts and credit cards and loans and so on that you have all over the place and you've got to check and remember the usernames and passwords for each. And then there's a different interface when you go online. You've got to have some security code connected to your phone so you just don't bother to check because it takes too long. Yes, sound familiar? Well, your worries are over. Money Dashboard is here. Well, okay, it may not be that amazing, but it is pretty cool. What it does is it it gathers all that data for you. So what you do is you go on within, this, within this, the online website, set up an account, and through it, you provide the details through really good security. It's got some really great uh, reviews and well-respected acknowledgements. So the security is pretty strong. You know, you don't need to worry uh, about people kind of stealing your data, but definitely go check it out if that's your concern. But what it does is you can effectively ask Money Dashboard to gather that data automatically from all of those different sources. So it's in one place so you can manage everything together. Now, few amazing benefits. One, when you're checking what's going through all your accounts, you can just look in Money Dashboard. You don't have to go and look at all of them. Second thing is, because everything's in one place, it's much easier to put spending plans together, budgets, if you will. Before, you know, if you have multiple bank accounts and things coming out, and you're trying to manage a spending plan, that gets super complicated because you're you may be spending in one account and monitoring how much is going through it. But then if there's other stuff going through other accounts at the same time, or even with different providers, right, different bank account, then it all gets super confusing, super messy, and you either give up or you forget a load of stuff, which is not good, right? We don't want to give up. We want it to work. We want it to succeed. So Money Dashboard is a super powerful way to do that. Another way is you've got this dashboard that you can customize. So when you've got it set up, you can quickly just go in and see, for example, how you're doing that month. You know, if you're two weeks into the month and you want to check in how much am I spent, you know, how much have I spent in particular areas, what 
bills are coming up soon for me. Well, you can put all that in that main front section. It also has an amazing app that is linked to the account. So you can check it out on your phone, really easy to use, super, super cool, all right? Another way as well is because all the transactions are coming in place, you're seeing all the stuff together connected, you know? So if you're converting money from one account to another, you can see that going on. You can categorize within that, okay? So you can actually start to uh, assign things that you spent into different areas and then build up a view of how you're spending your money over time, right? Which you wouldn't be able to do. If you were spending some money on food in one bank account and others in another, well, that would be really difficult to manage unless you did it offline on a spreadsheet, which a lot of people don't wanna do. So Money Dashboard brings it all together and allows you to do it. So I highly recommend it. If you want the Rolls Royce uh, way to manage your money, especially if you've got a whole complex setup, Money Dashboard is the future. Okay, now before I go into the other four, I would encourage you to let me know what you think of this video in the comment section below. Any other questions you want answering just like this, like Scott's question, uh, please let me know. DM me, put it in the comment section, reach out on the various social media platforms that I have or through my website, and I will do my best to answer those questions. If you've enjoyed this video, if you've enjoyed previous videos, like, subscribe, and share. Share this video to others that you think would benefit from it. If you've been getting value from these videos, the best thing you could do for me to give uh, value back is to do that, acknowledge it through those forms. All right, without further ado, let's move on to the second. Well, this is about choosing which bank accounts to go with. There's a lot out there. And people, what they tend to do is they either keep with the bank account they've always had that they got when they were 14 that their parents set up for them, uh, you know, because of some children's savings account they had or it was set up at their school or something and they've always had it forever or there was some kind of promotional offer where they got £100 to switch to this account and they wanted to make the most of that and then they ended up getting stuck there ever since, right? And that's usually what most people do. Now, I would encourage you to stop, think, and say, what do I actually want? What bank account would suit me best, okay? Because if you think about it, that makes such a difference. You're using your account for something that's really important. All this money is going through, often thousands of pounds a month through these accounts, right? So you want it to be safe, you want it to be easy to use, right? The more you're able to monitor that stuff, the less likely you're gonna get problems, get errors, right? The more likely you're gonna be able to know if things are, are going awry or make things happen, and that's gonna make you much better when it comes to your financial situation. So two, specifically, I would recommend. One is First Direct. For your main proper bank account, where your income comes into, where a lot of your direct debits are coming out of, the kind of bank that, the main bank account where you need to be able to call up and sort things out, you know, you want it to be reliable, well-respected bank, First Direct is amazing. And the reason it's amazing is it's customer service. 
when you call at first direct, you 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 ring the you ring the number. Why is that so hard to say? You ring the number, and most of the time it goes straight to somebody who answers your question, and that person is a human, and they understand your language, and they speak well. They're intelligent. They can connect with you. It's easy. It's a good line. Now, you might just be thinking, well, okay, so what? I mean, what's the big deal? Well, most companies these days do not offer that. When you call up, you go through automated services and robot voices and ask you to press five different numbers before you get to somebody and that person is on a really bad line and they can't understand you. Can you tell? Can you tell I've, can you tell I've had some issues before? Well, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know whether you like spending 10 minutes on hold through a process like that. I definitely don't. I'm super busy and I want to make this process easy. So first direct coming out with this kind of offering was amazing. It was life changing for me genuinely in the financial space. I love first direct and I will always stay with them. Now, big caveat, I do not get a kickback from first direct nor any of the tools that I'm recommending on this video i just genuinely think they are an awesome company so please do check them out if you have not used them before all right it's just so important that when you want to get something sorted you can call up and make it work now everything else is there like you'd expect right their login systems their accounts online their app all works really well easy all that stuff for me you know is is standard right most of the bank accounts um accounts uh, yeah banks out there have all of that stuff and it's all much of a muchness. The big difference with First Direct is the customer service and getting someone that is just easy to talk to on the phone at the click of a button and it can answer your questions and sort stuff out. All right, big, big value. The second one is Monzo. Now Monzo is super cool. It's one of these new startup banks well you could say new but really it's been around a little while but it's very innovative it's one of the fintech type banks that have come out very uh, very clever in how it's set it up few things that have been really powerful about monzo one is it's cool it's fun it's simple it's easy to use right you know it's all based around the app okay you can go online but most of its functions you can only access through its app so the idea is it's supposed to be easy fluid built around the way in which people use technology now, which is mostly through their phone. And the way they do it, they use pictures, the interfaces is kind of jazzy, it's fresh, the card is like a kind of salmon pink, right? I like that, I think that's cool, you know? Banking and finance for so long has been super stuffy and boring and complicated. It just makes people wanna to go to sleep, right? And Monzo is really going to inject a bit of energy into that space, right? So if you find a subject a bit boring and you want it to be a bit more exciting, now just because your card is pink doesn't mean you're going to suddenly love money, right? But these things genuinely help. It creates a, a kind of unconscious association with something that is that is uh, kind of more energetic, okay? Actually, in a small way, First Direct has been able to do that. Really bold, striking uh, approach, right? It's a, it's a much newer bank than some of the others. Maybe that's why I think it is so much better than the others, okay? 
but just so you know, First Direct is a subsidiary of HSBC, right? So even though it's a younger bank, it really does have still the clout and the history and the traditions and the kind of the big heavyweights behind it that uh, own HSBC as well. All right, so Monzo, it's cool, exciting. Well, it's not just that, right? That's just a bit superficial. The other thing is, if you don't like doing spending plans and managing money and deciding how much to spend each month and in which areas, Monzo just makes it super easy. And they make it super easy by automatically categorizing what you're spending. Now, Money Dashboard does that as well, which is pretty cool. But Monzo does it, I think, a little bit better. It makes it, you know, there's less categories, they're more fluid, it seems to get it right more frequently. There's cool little icons that represent those areas. Even the little notifications that come up and the sounds might drive you crazy. But if it doesn't, you know, it's cool. It just, it makes you aware of what you're spending and in what areas and so on, all right? So really, really neat. And from that, you can quite easily set how much you want to spend in each of these areas and monitor them month to month, okay? So with managing, you know, a complex system and multiple accounts through Monzo Dashboard, uh, sorry, Money Dashboard is a bit much for you, right? Uh, and you want that kind of more simple spending way, or spending management process. Monzo is really cool for that, really, really cool. Also, it has really low overseas rates. So you can take money out abroad very cheaply through Monzo. And most bank accounts kind of screw you over in this area. A lot of bank accounts, the way they tend to work is it all seems kind of free on the surface, but when you do all this, some of these unusual things, then they tend to charge you quite a lot of money, right? And spending overseas is a very common way. It's just like mobile phones, right? You have your cat, you have your contract, say in the UK, you go to another country. Now Europe, luckily through legislation, uh, meant that it's a lot better in Europe, but if you often go to overseas countries and you don't sort something out in advance, you get charged a huge amount of money. It's kind of like that with banks as well, but Monzo, very low, if anything, charges when going abroad, right? So really powerful. So even if you just use it as a support bank, just for when you're using transactions abroad, can be a really cool way of doing it. Also, you have to put money into Monzo, right? So. It, you can use it almost like a cash card, like how you manage your spending each month. So you could say, right, well, I only want to spend £2,000 a month. So every month I'll put £2,000 into my Monzo card and then I'll spend that money over the month, right? So it's really easy to monitor how much money you're spending each month, okay? So really cool. It gives you that separation from all the other complexity that's going on in your main account, say, in First Direct, all right? Second tool all right get a really good powerful bank account that's relevant to your needs first direct monzo are both awesome and i highly recommend all right third one mse credit club well mse stands for money saving expert well this is an awesome awesome company and it's got a whole load of tools and tips and recommendations. If you're new to the world of money and getting better in kind of finances and managing your money and getting kind of more savvy in this area, well, go on the website and they have a weekly 
email they send out a newsletter a nice way it kind of send sends emails around you know different things you can do to save money on various costs like your energy bills or or discounts in certain shops or on on making sure you get low interest on your credit cards all that kind of stuff right really cool as an entry tool now I wouldn't just focus just on money and saving expert especially if you already know about it because it can focus just too much on the kind of staying like not spending too much and just saying conservative okay it's not just about that it's about the bigger thing about how to build wealth earn more income grow towards what we ultimately want and being financially thriving not just surviving and making sure we count those pennies all right really powerful tool but it's not the whole picture so money saving expert is a phenomenal website lots of cool stuff on there go check it out loads of cool uh, tips and guides and resources in particular i'm going to focus on one of their tools which i think is really powerful money saving expert credit club now why is this so powerful well it links in to one of the credit reference agencies and this one is called experian so what it does, you sign up and it's free, totally free. And through it, you sign up and you gain access to your credit report. Now, this is really cool because what you're doing is you're seeing what all of these companies are seeing when they do a credit check on you. So if you apply for a loan, a credit card, a mobile phone, whatever, and they search a credit file, what you're seeing within that system is what they see. Maybe not all of it, okay, but almost all of it you they, is what they will see. And it depends on what searches they're doing, right? But by doing that, you get an insight on what, what these guys are seeing. And by doing that, you can then improve your credit file, okay? You can know what is good and what is not so good. So, you know, for example, if you've not been paying one of your credit cards, you didn't even realize because it hadn't been changed, say, to your new address, you can see that. You can see it's been uh, not paid and it's showing as defaults on your credit file. So you can then call up, sort that out, get that paid off, get that cleared, and then that can then improve your credit file. There might be things in your credit file that aren't even true, that somebody has fraudulently taken, say, some credit out on your name, okay? or it's been done incorrectly you know somebody's just entered in your address by mistake because it was close to somebody else's address and then it represents uh, some some bad credit situation for you which would mean that you can't get credit so by finding those out you can then sort them out you can contact the company that that feels that you've got that bad situation contact them let them know what the real situation is and look to resolve that right and there's a whole load of recommendations on how to sort that out if you need to on that website and on money saving expert more generally if you want to look into that more in more detail but super super powerful well you might say well who cares about my credit file whatever why you know why do i care whether it's low or high or whatever well you know your credit situation is really useful for a lot of things that you do when you are financially successful but also when you're in a financial difficulty so some people say well you know i don't want to take a loan out or credit card so i don't care i don't care if, about my credit 
situation. But as you get more financially savvy and you start to invest and do things, then often you need to have good credit to be able to do certain opportunities. So for example, if you take out a mortgage for a property that you're investing in or your own property, then you're going to have your credit file checked. And if there's negative situations going on there, they will often reject your mortgage because you are too high risk or they think you're too high risk, right? So even something like that, even investments, people can be rejected for them because for that investment, you may need to take a loan out, like a mortgage to do that, okay? Also, you never know what happens in the future, right? You might need a loan or a credit card in the future because of an unusual circumstance, right? And if you don't have that ability, it could be uh, could be dangerous, right? It's all about options, about having control, taking ownership of your situation, okay? <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so that's why it's super cool and super useful. Also, what it does is it links in with all of the various credit options out there, certainly credit cards and loans, and it tells you a likelihood of you being successful if you apply for it. Now, this is a really, really useful tool. So if you want to take out a credit card or a loan, for most people, it's a bit of a guessing game. So let's say you want to take out, I don't know, you want to take out a loan for £10,000, okay? Well, what do you do? You go online and you say, right, loan. Well, every bank offers a loan and there's others that specifically do it. There's like peer-to-peer -peer ones like Zopa. Um, there's Hitachi. There's ones that specialize just in offering loans. There's so many companies out there, maybe 50 companies that offer, offer personal loans to people. Which one do you go with? They all say different rates, but the rates that they can offer will depend on what your credit situation is. And it will depend on the things that that particular provider feels is important. So for one provider, they may want to know that, you know, you've got a lot of, um, you've got a lot of credit that is unused, right? Un un unutilized, because that means that you, uh, you're not maxing out all your credit, you're not high risk, you're not kind of stretched. Others don't want to see even credit available because they, if they're lending you money plus you've got credit available, that means that they could, that you could be in a situation where you could end up getting into more debt on top of what they've lent you. Others just might just reject you just because you don't have any credit at the moment and for them, that means that there's no track record to, to be able to judge your future situation. Others will actually prefer you to have a worse situation because it means you're more likely to not pay that money back on time and pay more money to them. So they're not just looking for good things. Sometimes they're looking for things that are actually objectively negative. Okay, each one's different. And the rate that they're willing to offer you could be different and you just don't know until you apply. And every time you apply, you get a hard credit search. And every time you get a hard credit search, that lowers your credit rating because 
when you go to apply for a company and you've got previous credit searches, that looks dodgy. It's like, well, why have you applied for a load of others? Does that mean because you've been rejected? All right, and you're desperate and you keep applying, trying for others. Why did they reject you? Mm, I don't know whether I want to approve you. Or, well, all those others you recently applied for, have they given you money? But I don't know yet because it hasn't filtered through to your credit file. I don't know, so I'm not going to lend. So there's only a limit of how many times you can apply for credit. So when you do apply for credit, you need to make sure they are for lenders that are highly likely to lend to you. And why this tool is so cool is because it takes all the information that it knows from your credit file and then applies that to the algorithms, i.e. The, the rules that these companies tend to follow, acknowledging how they're different between each company. And then it tells you a percentage likelihood, right? Pretty cool, a percentage likelihood of you being successful when applying for each of these companies. So you can go on and you say, oh, Sainsbury's has got an 80% likelihood of giving me a loan. Hitachi, 50%. Zopa, 20%. Well, definitely not going to apply for Zopa. Hitachi, 50%, pretty low likelihood. But Sainsbury's, 80%. Well, I'm going to apply for them because I'm, I'm much more likely to get it. Right? Really, really useful tool. Now, a thing I want to kind of call out is some people think, well, you know, it's not very good because it just covers Experian. And there's four different credit reference agencies. Not many people know this, but some people do. Now, the reason why this is kind of cool is because for almost all lenders, they use Experian. Some use two, some use three, some use one, some use different. They all use kind of different ones. But Almost all of them use Experian because it's the biggest, it's the most well-known, the most well-respected. So if you're using Experian, it's pretty much your kind of 99% um, of the benefit. You don't need to worry about the others when you're using Experian, all right? Okay, last thing I'll say is that the tool allows you to reference certain information in your credit file. So when you're applying for credit, or say for a loan or a mortgage or whatever, then often they ask you a lot of these questions that are kind of hard to remember, especially the specifics. Like, when did you take out this specific mortgage or loan? And when did you last move to a particular address? Or um, those kind of questions, like really specifics, and which you could find out but take a lot of time. But your credit file will have all that information and it will be exactly what they will look at to check whether what you're saying is in line with what they're saying, what they're what they can see on their end, right? They want to see consistency. Because if you say one thing and your credit file sends something else, it looks fishy, it looks weird. So they might reject you or ask for further information, slow all down. So when they're asking certain questions for an application, you can go to your credit file and reference that and know then it's consistent and be confident of that. All right, that is the third tool. The fourth one is what is a website and it's called portfoliocharts.com. Portfolio, support so like the drink. Uh, folio, so portfoliocharts.com. Why is this so cool? Well, I am a big fan of portfolio investing, and I've done many videos in that area, so go check them out if you wanna know more about that area, or you don't really understand it. For those that haven't really heard the term before yet, 
portfolio just means it's a number of different things that you invest in together as a whole. So instead of, say, just investing in property or just investing in the stock market, you invest in a number of things together and it's organised. So you might say, well, I'm going to invest 30% in in the stock market, 10% in bonds, 20% in property, say, right? And I'm going to keep that consistent over time. I'm going to follow uh, a set number of rules around it. And there's a number of reasons why it's awesome, but one of the main reasons is that it diversifies your situation. So if one thing is doing really well, um, then great, right? Then you're going to do, then 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 um, your overall part is going to, is also going to do well. But if something then does poorly, then something else in your pot should also be going up. And that's because the way you set it up is that you're investing in things that are not correlated. When one thing goes down, another thing goes up or vice versa, okay? So net together, even if something drops a lot, as a whole, the pot of money or your investments won't ever go down that much or should be going still up most of the time, right? Now, the next question then is, well, what portfolio do I invest in? How do I decide what to invest in and what ratio? Well, portfolio charts gives you, or sorry, portfoliocharts.com gives you a lot of the very common, well-known portfolio portfolios out there that have been talked about, books written on them, and so on. It has them there, it explains them, why they were created and um, how they work and so on. So it gives you a bit of background. It also tells you the performance those portfolios have done over the last 50 years. So you can see, well, how have they done each year, you know, and then and then represents that in different ways because so that you can see from different perspectives of the short term, medium term, long term, how these things are done, right? And then what from doing that, you can then compare them. Well, how are these all different or the same? What brings a lot of these together? What's the similarities you tend to see there? It allows you to understand how portfolio investing works more and it can help you then pick your own portfolio approach that is specific to you that you think would be beneficial given your situation, all right? So do a bit of digging, that is a really, really cool tool. And you can also customize your own one, right? So you can set, well, for mine or one that I'm thinking about using or the one I already use, you can put that setup in there and it can tell you historically how well that portfolio has done, all right? So portfoliocharts.com, really useful, especially because there's not a huge amount out there in this space. People often try to kind of push their own portfolio, something that they've come up with and they're naturally very biased towards that. Portfolio charts allows you to look at many different ones. All right, the fifth. Now this might seem a little obvious, but I'm gonna say it anyway. And that's because I think this is genuinely a really useful tool and underappreciated. And it is the spreadsheet. <laughs> yes, I know you're hoping for another really cool, jazzy, really smart tool. But genuinely, the spreadsheet is just so good. Now, what do I mean by this? Right. 
I mean just getting into a, just a normal spreadsheet, right, with some cells in it and just get working on some numbers, playing with some numbers, okay? And the reason why this is so powerful is because where focus goes, energy flows. So what do I mean by that? Where you direct your attention, you will get better, okay? Often what I see when a lot of people, when I'm starting to work with them, or people I just meet generally who are struggling with money and voicing their concerns in that area, I talk to them about the subject, and I very quickly realize they spend very little time, energy, and focus in the area of money. They may spend a lot of time worrying about it, but that's about it. Not really learning about it and thinking about it and problem solving in the area. And the more, the brain is amazing, genuinely amazing. And even if you're sitting here watching this video thinking, I'm just a bit rubbish in the area of money. I'm kind of stupid in this area. I just need like a minimum to get by. Honestly, you are so intelligent in this area. You just need to give yourself time and attention and focus, direct yourself in this area and you will get better at it. Your brain is so amazing. Like think about all of that stuff that you've learned and developed over time because you focused in it, right? Any area, just think about it. Pick an area that you're really, really good at. And then think, how did I get good at that? I'm pretty much guarantee the way you got good at that is because you spent a lot of time consistently over and over again uh, working in that area, spending time in that area, learning, getting better over time. It's, an, it's, a, it's a steady progress over time. Money is no different, okay? So the spreadsheet, that's what I'm talking about, the spreadsheet. Just get a spreadsheet, a blank spreadsheet, and start playing with numbers. Start thinking about how much money have I got? Where has it come from? How much money am I earning? How much money do I pay in tax? How much money am I spending each month? How much am I saving? Uh, how much money do I want to get? How many months is it going to take me to get there? Ooh, what kind of investments am I thinking about doing? What kind of returns do I think I'm going to get from them? Let me pick one of those investments and think about where I expect the return to go. Well, how do I calculate that return? Whatever you want, just think about there. Get curious, get hungry, think about the subject. Just play around with it, you know, almost like a child. Like, I know it kind of can sound a little bit silly, but the more you just play around with it, reframe the subject, Take whatever it is that you're thinking about that's important to you in this area or that you want to get better at or you want to solve in the area of money. Get a spreadsheet out, put some numbers in, play around with it, make some notes and just see where your mind goes with it. And that will get you 10 times more results than some of these other tools. And that's because it's getting your mind really thinking and working in the bare bones of where where you want to drive forward in the area of money all right now just as a little caveat i highly recommend google sheets because it's kind of like a spreadsheet but it's online so so wherever you are different laptops at work at home on your phone you know you can pick it back up so it allows you that kind of like just pick up and and put down wherever you want you know, if you're thinking, you know, you've got some time, you're sitting on the bus, you're bored, and you're thinking, you know what, I've got that, you know, that investment idea that I thought would be quite cool. Oh, I just had a thought, actually, I need to factor in that 
that other piece. Oh, I'll go in, think about that, maybe change the numbers, add something. That's kind of want to get you uh, encouraging. I want to encourage you to do, you know, just spend time, lean into this area and just use something like spreadsheet, like a spreadsheet tool like Google Sheets to, to do that, right? Like a, just almost like a, um, <laughs> like a sandpit, right? You know, you've got the bare sandpit and you're just building with buckets and so on. It's, it's the same thing. Just build with various numbers and, and see where you get, okay? Now, I have got a bonus sixth recommendation for a tool because uh, I think it's so important. And that is, wait for it, wait for it, my videos. <laughs> That's right, my videos. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. What I mean is online, go check out, get content, get hungry, right? Use the spreadsheet to almost like a sandbit to play around in the area of money and finances. But online, get hungry for what is out there. There's so much information out there. We are so lucky to be in the technological age of the internet. There's just such an abundance of information resources out there on YouTube, on social media, on various websites. Some of the tools I've told you about are just online for free. It's insane. You go out there and get hungry and check stuff out, follow things, you know, you know something you're interested in, just search for it. It's amazing what you find about, you know, a hundred different people just telling you how to do something that you want to know. And yes, one of those examples is my videos. So subscribe, watch the video each week, listen to what I'm saying, take on board, think, say, does that make sense? Do I agree with that? Should I take that on board and move on from it? Well, no, I don't agree with it. What, what do I think? Well, maybe I'll research that. Maybe that'll prompt me to look deeper into a particular area, all right? As you take on more and more information, I'm not saying just watch my videos or check out other content and just learn it and just accept it. No, listen, think, does that make sense? Do I agree with that? Does that connect with what else I've learned? If it doesn't, then think, why not? Where, where's, that, where's that disconnect coming from? Or how does it fit together? Oh, that fits together this way. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes me want to learn this other particular area. Let me search for that. And as you learn all these different things, you'll start to build up this bigger and bigger picture. And what you'll realize, just like when you learn a language, you're learning these few words at first, and then you learn sentences and different tenses, and all of a sudden, it all just starts to fit together. And you're like, oh, now I can actually just get the language as a whole, and you can start to talk in that language and feel confident in that language. Money, finance is the same thing. It's just a language like anything else, right? As you learn it and learn all the different things, they'll all start to make sense. You'll start to be able to know where they are in the, in the, in the wider system of the subject, okay? So get curious, go hunt for cool, fun content like mine, but also other stuff out there, all right? I hope you found this video useful. I, I hope you think these tools are cool and fun and exciting and some of these you haven't heard of before and you're going to go out and go check them out and build and develop your uh, knowledge in the area of money. If you have, please do like this video, comment, let me know if you enjoyed it, whether there's any other videos you'd like me to produce going forward, any questions you want answering, topics you'd like 
addressing. If you know anyone that you think would benefit from this content or any of the other videos that I produced, please share them with those people. If you have found this video useful, that would be the best way to give back and add value back to me. So please do. Anyway, that's all from me. I hope you've enjoyed this video. I'll see you next week. Take care.